Very good morning to all of you. This is Professor Dima Jamali, and I want to welcome you to the Sharjah Talks Business Podcast brought to you by University of Sharjah. Today, I have with me a very special guest, a legendary businessman who has really conquered the world of business and even the world of entertainment. Mr. Fahd Zahid, he's the chairman of the board of directors for Zahid Industries and uh, Machinery Rental Alternatives, vice chair of the board for Zahid Tractor and Heavy Machinery, Zahid Group Holding, among many others. And we're really honored and privileged to have you with us this morning for the Sharjah Talks Business Podcast. I want to start this morning by asking you a few questions about the preparation of our students. Do you think that we're doing enough to prepare our students for the real world of business? What more can we do in order to ensure that our students are ready to hit the ground running when they graduate, whether from a business school or any college for that matter within the university? Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Dima, for uh, your kind introduction. I am uh, pleased and uh, privileged to uh, be at the University of uh, Sharjah, which I'm uh, quite impressed by uh, its facilities and the uh, very brief tour that I have taken so far. Uh, definitely, it's an outs- outstanding university, and I'm sure uh, Uh, the curriculums are meeting the criteria of many students in uh, in the university. Business, as you very well know, uh, Dr. Dima, is an art more than it is a science. Although maybe my degree from university was a Bachelor of Science, but in reality, um, it's not a one plus one equal to. Universities prepare students for the business world by giving them the fundamentals, the guidance, some of the basic necessities in knowing how to mitigate risk as far as uh, understanding uh, legal structures in a macro form without having to be uh, a lawyer, but at least they can read and understand legal agreements. Uh, They know how to protect themselves uh, in the real life by ensuring that the uh, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, rather than just taking it for granted. They're entering into something that is or could be profitable, but it turns out to be, it goes sour because they haven't done their due diligence or mitigated the risk. And I would like to emphasize mitigation of risk is an order of the day in the real business world. Amazing. So I couldn't agree more that in universities today, we are really just providing the foundation, the fundamentals, so that our students, they graduate and they can navigate through complex management structures, complex legal structures, and, you know, find their way. But if we want to do more to ensure that they're really better prepared? How can we bridge this gap with industry? What more can we do as universities beyond providing this basic foundation? What would be your recommendation based on your interaction with a lot of graduating students, interns from different universities? 
Well, undoubtedly, uh, today's uh, world has changed significantly since I was in uh, university. I graduated from uh, Whittier College, uh, class of 72. And uh, back then, uh, things were pretty much manual. Even our accounting courses, they were on uh, a regular uh, spreadsheet paper. And we used to write the figures in fine pencil print so that if we make mistakes, we erase them and correct them. Whereas today, it's really it became a digital world and um, it's moving at an extremely fast pace that whatever advice somebody could give a freshman today, by the time he or she graduates in four years, it could be obsolete. It's that fast. But what I would like to say is, The foundation is a basic, strong platform for students to build on, depending on their area of interest that they want to pursue in business, uh, would determine the certain specific routes that they will have to engage in. And uh, this is where the strong university foundation would allow them to build the floors of that specialization structure that they are going to be um, pursuing. And uh, my recommendation is for sure, it should be sure-footed, one step at a time, and uh, maintain balance. This is not a make it or break it, a flip of a coin, double or nothing. Many people pursue their passion in a business field to end up flourishing and succeeding after a few uh, falls, a few upsets, um, almost going bankrupt. But uh, failure should not ever be considered as demotivation. We all fail along the way. We learn from it and we put it in our experience file. As long as we learn from from a mistake, it is not a negativity. We learned something along the way. This is beautifully said. Thank you so much for your insights. And if I can summarize, we universities are providing the basic foundation, the fundamental, but our students need to, to embrace lifelong learning and build on what they have acquired in university in their areas of specialization. And two, never be afraid of failure. Embrace even failures because you learn from each failure. The idea is to bounce back, to get back on track, to stay resilient and to learn from your failures. Beautiful, I think, uh, very nice so far. And I want to turn to something else that uh, uh, I heard you mention uh, a few times that in business schools, we teach students about business, but we don't teach them how to make money or how to enjoy their work. And I found this to be quite interesting. So I wanted to uh, you to comment on it a little bit more. So how come we, we don't teach students how to make money and how we don't teach them how to enjoy their work? What is your advice in this regard? Uh, having been in business now for uh, a few decades and uh, looking back at what I learned in university, 
as I mentioned, they teach us how to increase revenue, decrease cost, and keep a black uh, bottom line, not to go in red ink. But uh, this is the foundation. The implementation is not taught in university. That's where maybe I would mention that had it been taught in university, it would be an almost guaranteed ride for a graduate from day one. Many well-known uh, business people, international, they became extremely successful, multimillionaires, billionaires, to almost lose it all. And wouldn't you think that that person with that experience and that success background, that he, would, he or she wouldn't be able to just multiply on that. There are were failures of such people to the point of bankruptcy. And that's because they do what is required of a due diligence, but things and ex exterior factors play against them. While people were looking at uh, 2006, 2007 as uh, boom economic years. And uh, those who had that vision uh, in, over the next five years, they were overexpanding. They were very optimistic. To come 2008, the global economic adjustment and things just dropped in a sharp percentage, catching a lot of people off guard. And this is where the exterior factors can only be taught in university by saying mitigate risk. But then how would you mitigate risk when your projection over the next five years are extremely positive and you think it's foolproof, it's nothing is going to go wrong. And then you all of a sudden shocks you and shocks the world by carpet being pulled from under our feet without even realizing what caused it to happen. The mitigation is really extremely essential. And I would, my recommendation to the business administration students, mitigation is not so much just trying to be ready for whatever investment or project or business activity you want to pursue. Mitigation also means keep a liquidity buffer percentage or a short-term asset, a quick asset that can be turned into liquidity should things go opposite to what you were projecting. Never, ever get yourself in a financially solid position where you won't be able to bail yourself out, average down, or restructure. Um, by going 90 plus percent into an investment, freezing your liquidity um, is extremely dangerous and it doesn't matter how positive or optimistic a person is, should never leave that insurance policy out of the equation. Liquidity of no less than 20 to 25% in case things don't go quite as well as they predicted. 
This is beautiful. So again, a brief summary. We teach in business schools the fundamentals, but how to make money comes through implementation, through execution, through the learning process during that execution. Mitigation is key and having a buffer in terms of liquidity of at least 20 to 25% is extremely important. How about the part of enjoying work? What, what about the enjoyment of work? Um, how can we, we cannot teach students how to enjoy their work, but can you give them like some insights about how you enjoy your work, for example? When somebody engages in a job, uh, a career in, in business, he or she are learning and gaining experience. The first hurdle, if I may take freshman year as an analogy, uh, somebody wants to specialize in a certain field, but the first two years we all know are electives. In electives, there are courses that might not be of interest, but something that they are taking to end up with the number of hours to, to graduate. Um, it's, um, it's a journey into an end result. So when somebody takes a job, they should literally walk into the office or the job site or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be in an air-conditioned environment. Um, people work as engineers uh, in the middle of uh, job sites in the middle of nowhere. Uh, walk in with a smile. Walk in with a positive attitude. Uh, attitude plays a major, major role in, in any field, not just only business. And um, try to be more of a listener than a talker and sponge in from different personnel and just listen. I'll give you one example. At the time when I was executive vice president of Zahid Tractor, I was um, in charge of the heavy machinery, construction machinery division. And um, that was about 27 years into that uh, function. And then we had our commercial vehicle division, which was headed by someone else, but both complemented each other. For each wheel loader we sell, they sell three, four dump trucks. Although I should have eased up my career at the time when I opened my mouth, but I uh, walked in and I said, we are going in parallel and we are duplicating many functions that uh, my division is doing. Why don't I handle the commercial vehicle division along with the construction machinery division and uh, integrate? A lot of the functions will be much more efficient and we will address the customers first time around uh, and we will be on top of things uh, as uh, requirements call for it. I could have walked into the construction, the, to the uh, commercial vehicle division with my tenure in the commercial, in the, in the construction machinery, CMD. And I could have just said, hey guys, this is what I want you to do. But in turn, I actually walked in and I met with the top management and I remember it as if it was yesterday. And I said, really, I want to enter this division learning from you. I want to know what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How could you make things better if you had certain um, uh, factors playing in your favor? 
And um, I spent a good part listening to different managers in different departments, different regions in Saudi Arabia. And uh, I was taking notes, just like any student when he or she goes to a, like a three-hour lecture or, or so and uh, being lectured. I pull my notepad and I write down uh, the, uh, the main macros. I go back to my office and I clean it up and I put it into more details. And over a period of time, I could understand from them what they really need. And then I said, all right, let's uh, set an appointment with the major manufacturer whom we represent in CVD and let's uh, go and make them a presentation. We did that. And the presentation to the manufacturer sounded extremely ambitious. And they said, there is no way you'd be able to achieve what you are claiming, advocating in the five years that you are setting that plan. And I said, what I am or we, we came here to ask you for is not major sacrifices in your profitability. What we are asking is for services that can be made available by you as a manufacturer, by adding value to our products, to our services, to the end user, to make him more efficient while they maintain their profitabilities into the project. And we told them what these are without going into details right now. And they said, okay, we will take you up on the challenge and we will review it. We will review your progress every quarter Either you guys come over or we come to Saudi Arabia. And once a year, we will reevaluate the annual results and it will become an adjusting five-year plan based on results. By the fifth year, we exceeded our target and our profits increased in percentage. How could that possibly happen by adding value. When you add value into a product or a service, customers will not be drilling you on your profitability because you're making them more efficient. Their bottom line is larger with that efficiency. They say, these people are our strategic partners and we, we like their service, we like their support, we like the added value and we want them to be with us rather than just saying how much. Beautiful. So again, a brief summary. Attitude is extremely important, uh, as important as your knowledge, in fact. And uh, in business, you need to try to uh, embrace and enjoy, keep a positive attitude and look for synergies and how to add value, whatever business proposition you are making. If This, I may add one more please, item. Yes. And please don't ridicule other people's opinions. Just because you hold or have a specific opinion on a particular subject matter, don't ridicule somebody else's opinion. Maybe they just see it differently in their own way that we might not have seen it or overlooked it or didn't give it enough depth to consider. Please listen, be a good listener and be a passionate listener. I would like to add that. If you're entering 
with passion into something that you'd like to do, be a passionate listener. Take it into account, take a note of it, but don't ridicule it. At the end of the day, listen to all the opinions, all the recommendations, but the final decision has to be yours. Don't ever make it due to somebody with a strong heart or, a, or an influencer who would talk you into doing something that you are not quite sure just because he or she said, believe me, trust me, go for it. No, listen, take all the recommendations, but the final decision and the final responsibility lies with you. Listen passionately, listen and um, collect different types of opinions and make an informed decision accordingly. This is really uh, priceless. I think this uh, conversation, this episode, the insights, especially for young students who are just beginning their footsteps in the world of business. I want to ask you here, like two quick questions to finish the podcast. What is about your passion? You have a passion in uh, the entertainment business. You you built like a side uh, uh, sideline hobby business, if you like. Maybe you want to tell us a little well, bit I, more. I, th I think we all have hobbies. Uh, some of us would draw or paint. Others would uh, write poems or um, or do poultry or various other hobbies. Um, for me, the entertainment business is, again, it's a, it's a very abstract. It's not something that you can hold and knock on its wall and hear the echo. It's something that you uh, envision. And usually it starts like maybe with the motion picture industry, which I've had a few years of exposure uh, in the United States before I entered the music business in the Arab world. Uh, it starts with a script. And uh, if you talk to quite a few executives in Hollywood, they would tell you there could be blockbusters on the shelves in our offices that have accumulated dust over the years, but no one saw them. Um, it's not something where you can just hear a demo of a song or read a script of a movie and you say, oh, this is going to be a blockbuster or it's going to be a hit. Um, it doesn't work that way. Um, the Zahid group are into various manufacturing and um, we can see, knock, feel, uh, 3D uh, uh, image things on AutoCADs to envision what the new product, new and improved, would look like. Um, in the entertainment business, it doesn't work that way. And even uh, blockbuster movies, when they have a sequel, it could turn out to be a failure. And we've seen that over the years, over the decades. Um, uh, directors figure, let's, let's uh, take the e easier way out. The original movie was wow, and it made a few hundred million dollars. Let's go ahead and do a sequel. And it's just the audience don't take it anywhere close to the original. What attracted you to the entertainment industry? It's completely different uh, in terms of uh, nature of work. Uh, when I was in fifth grade in uh, Egypt, I was in a British original school called Victoria College. And um, at the end of the year, for some odd reason, 
I was the student who was picked to make the Arabic and English poems in the auditorium uh, on the last day of school. And the English poem I remember I wrote. I'm not too sure if I remember the words, but it's, uh, it starts off by saying, I have a little shadow that looks very much like me. It goes more or less with me in and out wherever I would be. No, I'm trying to remember uh, the, the words, but uh, uh, the meaning, I still remember it because it had passion into it when I wrote it. Now, maybe I've always had that passion in the entertainment business uh, since I was young, but I was brought up in a business family. Um, the Zahid group have a, a background that extends over a century in various fields and various uh, products and services. And maybe um, since I was 10 years or 11 years old, I was, I looked at um, having a part in this, being part of that family, uh, just like um, a member of uh, an American football team where we all push together and pull together to touch down. So does it give more meaning and satisfaction, give you more? Um, um, as I got to the higher management levels, and uh, now I am mostly on the boards um, and being vice chairman of the group and chairman of five of the sister companies. Um, I don't do the hours that I used to do in business. Uh, I have much more free time to do other things. Um, I take care of my health, priority number one. I am still active in uh, sports. I have 27 years of Taekwondo uh, to my background without making it a statement, but I'm for then black belt Taekwondo. And I picked it up in my later years uh, when one day I decided uh, to quit smoking. So I went to the gym and I kind of bulked up and my trainer said, we have to get you to stretch. I said, okay, teach me to stretch. He says, no, professional stretching. And I said, what does that mean? I said, martial arts stretching. So we found a martial arts uh, instructor and the basics of any martial arts is stretching. And I figured, okay, I'll learn to stretch and thank him and we call it a day. But then I realized that martial arts is an amazing discipline for me in life, not just for my physique or physiological behavior, but uh, as a discipline in life. And being left-hander, I was 85% left-sided and only 15% right. I learned through martial arts to be 60, 40, 60 left, 40 right. I am I'm almost balanced between both sides of my body. So that kind of gave me an excellent. But um, I am into sports, but again, I am into hobbies. Um, and 
my passion is to create abstracts, be it music, maybe later on movies and series. Um, so I am open to both. But right now, the um, music production is taking the better part of my time, and I'm enjoying it. Um, and I think uh, we have a lovely uh, creative team between lyrics writers, composers, music distributors, uh, uh, um, music video clip directors, um, artists with uh, phenomenal potential and phenomenal uh, ability who are emerging, um, who you might not have heard of, or maybe you heard one or two of their songs, uh, but they are definitely not the stars that most of us know, but the, the industry is full of talented, creative young people who need to be discovered and really need a chance. Beautiful. I love this. So I think we get to a point in our lives, in our careers, where we have the uh, luxury to pursue more our hobbies. So you're at this advanced stage in your career where you have achieved so much, you're chairman of the board, you have a little bit of time, and this is the time you want to deploy to pursue things that maybe nurture your soul and your spirit, including entertainment and hopefully in the future movies. So congratulations, I know this is a great success and I'm following up on your success. I want to end this podcast with um, maybe a few words of wisdom. Any advice that you can give to an 18, 20 year old, uh, just about to graduate, start their career, what would you tell them? Um, I remember after I graduated and I went back to Jeddah. I, by the way, I graduated as 20 years, four months old. Uh, I entered uh, college, I was 16. After I graduated, I went back to Saudi Arabia and I was a trainee, management trainee. And one evening, I was telling friends of mine, you know, throughout my academic years, I felt like I was swimming in a lake where I could see the shoreline on the other end. Having graduated, I feel that now I am exposed to an ocean and not quite seeing more than just a mirage of, uh, of, of the sea or of the water. And I have to mitigate to ensure that I get to the closest island before I sink. Now, to graduate from university, the young graduates will be looking at the outside world more like an open ocean. And it's, it can be intimidating. It can be a bit disturbing, but um, you will do fine swimming towards the closest island. Don't panic. Don't hyperventilate. Just compose yourself um, and maybe to be safe. Don't swim against the wind. Swim with the flow. Swim with the flow. Small distances. There we go. Conquer. Get yes. to the island yes. and then you conquer the next island. You, you use exterior energies to help you get there a bit faster. And don't be afraid of failure. Because and we don't might... be afraid of failure. At the end of the day, if you're not getting there, just like in swimming, you get tired, float on your back. In real life, float. 
but don't panic. Beautiful. This was really one of the like very inspiring episodes. I can't thank you enough, Mr. Fahad, for your time, for your insights, for the meaningful takeaways uh, to our listeners. And uh, I hope you join us and stay tuned for the next episode of our Sharjah Talks Business podcast series. We have a few guest speakers, very special, also lined up for the month of May. And uh, we look forward to uh, be with you again one more time. What a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dima.